No, we, we I want to hear we're, some music. We're celebrating. Let's, let's, no, no, let's I want to hear uh, you, you play it. it. Yeah, let's play that music. Let's then we jump in the call to call. We need it. It's Irish time, baby. All right. Give me one second. This is all Irish right here, baby. It's your day. Oh, happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Green beer and Guinness. This is how you do. You are, yeah. I mean, you're not kidding. You have a green beer and a Guinness? I have a green beer and a Guinness. Today, oh. today of all days, I think it is appropriate um, as we we celebrate old St. Patty uh, here on the Colt and Colt. Oh, man. Oh, he's got the old school look. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Good song. Oh, good song. Happy St. Patty's Day. Yeah, happy St. Patty's Day. Okay, here's actually a question. I was, I, so there was a question this week about, like, what should be the rules for movie scores? Like, what what are your movie score rules? And he's like, and like, there are some songs where it's very clear. And he was like, "There's yeah, some songs where it's like, if you hear Fortunate Son, it's a Vietnam movie. Absolutely. If you or some hear, kind of war movie, most likely Vietnam. If yeah. you see, if you hear like Center Field by John Fogerty, like you know that it is a Probably a lighthearted baseball-themed <laughs> flick, right? Yeah. Uh, if and likewise, I think if you hear, I, I'm agreeing with you. If you hear uh, "Shipping Up to Boston," you know, like Matt Damon's in this one. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, it's like it's scene setting, and the the audio, you know, is is a big driver of that. The score. It's all about either Irish or yeah. it's about Irish in Boston. But yeah. you're going to come with accents, and we're going to talk about, you know, a whole bunch of weird crap at the very end. You know yeah. something violent's about to happen. Yeah, there's going to be violence in that film. Oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Um, his his answer, I think, and Southeast. I agree, there needs to be, I think, old school classical music. Like, not even, yeah. I love Hans Zimmer. I listen to the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack over and over and over again. When I try to work, yeah. I just, like, roll that. But, like, I want some 1812 Overture shit. Like, give me that. Absolutely you know, focus. I can't lie about that. Yeah. I'll start off by saying I'm bored, I'm broke, and I'm back. <laughs> well, we're back. This is the Cult of Cult. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we're back. We're back at it. We're, we're here in the, the real old off-season we have some Washington football team things to talk about. Uh, it's some it's, new Washington football team stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, uh, but first, you know, before we get into all that, it's you know, tis tis the season. Um, can, I'm gonna give you my um, my one St. Patty's Day story, and I'll probably tell this one when we do this next year because it's really outrageous. Um, before we get into what you're sipping on. Um, so a couple of years ago, I think it was the first year I was back in D.C., they used to do uh, some sort of like a 5K or a 10K or a half marathon at St. Patrick's oh, yeah. Day in D.C. And then there was that evening, usually a big concert at the end of the day. And 
um, it was sort of in a couple of different locations. It used to be inside of RFK, and the last, I think it was the last time they did it. They may have done it one, one more time after this time I went. I'm talking 2016, 2015. Okay. Huge concert, carnival. It's got like the zipper, you know that uh, the car. Oh yeah, the, yeah. The what? What do they call that? Like it's not a roller coaster ride, but it's like a a fair it, it, ride. It's like a tr- yeah, it's a fair ride. It's like yeah, a twirly it, thing. You go in the circle. Yeah. Yep. And it was a. It ended. It culminated in a giant concert that was headlined by Vanilla Ice. Ooh. Who? So all days worth of music, then Vanilla Ice, and then. The Dropkick Murphys. And so my friends who were living down in the area, they did a like morning Irish breakfast and they were on the the marathon route or whatever, the 10K route in D.C. And so they were just like, you know, cheering on people as they're walking, running down their street. So I get there. They're, they were serving Lucky Charms. They had like full like Irish breakfast. It was pancakes, the works. Just a keg of Guinness. I mean, like this is an over-the-top party, you know. This is and perfect. then we go down to the to the RFK parking lot. They they've set up a facility like a this fair with food and the zipper and music and stages and whatever. And in the in the parking lot of RFK, and people are just like getting hammered drunk in the parking lot. And then. Um, Finally, Vanilla Ice comes on. The crowd is getting pretty rowdy, and he does a whole set. Um, he had the did the go. He has lots of music. Apparently, I knew only the two songs: the Go Ninjas song and um, Ice Ice Baby. Ice Ice Baby, which he did last. He kept on teasing it over the course of the show, like in his set, like he'd start playing the opening. Like, dun, dun, There's dun, a reason dun, he's dun, a one hit wonder. And but and people started to go crazy, and then he'd go like, "Well, this is from my last album," and it was it was very funny. Nobody he comes, knows your last album. And then he <laughs> he people, but he people were he had the crowd in the palm of his hand, having a great time. Gets the crowd all riled up. They come off. Dropkick Murphys come up, and it 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 got too rowdy for me to still be there. I was like, I gotta get out of here. I just gotta dip. Like the crowd was like out of control in the RFK all day drinking. Line. Absolutely. So that's my uh, that was my last really fun St. Patrick's Day experience, uh, but it was a good one. We had lots to drink then. Tell me what you're sipping on now. What are you sipping? Well, on? this team does make me drink. Yeah. And, uh, sometimes sometimes it's even for exciting reasons. But sure. today, for St. Patty's Day, I actually have this very very green beer, and it, it is. I didn't add green to this. My neighbor John, who's actually an avid listener to the Cult of Cult, and his John, son Andrew. John, thank you, thank you for your uh, for your listenership. We appreciate you. Yes, absolutely, John. And so John dropped this off. He says you need to do do this for St. Patrick's Day. It's called Irish Heritage Lucky Charm, Ooh. done by Aslan. Aslan, bless Northern Virginia, right there in Virginia. Finest. We love a, Aslan. Oh, I love Aslan. Feel free to send us as much beer as you guys want. Aslan, we will uh, do some collabs with you. We know that you're you're tied into the community. The Cult of Cult would love to do a. This is a, I'm being very thirsty right now. Thirsty for for a an Aslan shout out. But anyway, tell me, hit me with it. So it's a double Indian IPA uh, good, brewed good with dipper. mint and vanilla. So it's a definitely dip up. And the very top, it just says permanent hangover. Now let. <laughs> I, I love Aslan. I love their beers. And I'm going to tell you that this one's growing on me. When I, first, my, 
it, it, it's mint and vanilla. I want to really point that out. that really comes through the mint and vanilla. It's audacious. And and it's like a it's like an ecto cooler green, like the old yep. ecto cooler back in mm-hmm. the day from Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. It's that sure. kind of green. It is. Um, out of the can, but it's uh, it tastes a little getting used to. Uh, once you get used to it, like I've I've gotten to now, it's it's a good beer. But when that first one hit me, uh, it was it was definitely I was not prepared for it. Sure. Okay. So it's it's climbing in the rankings for me right now. So Aslan, good job. It definitely got me to uh, the happiness here with the uh, the green beer. And John, Andrew, I appreciate it. So Brian, what yeah. you sipping on? Oh, I actually haven't. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do a little sound effect here. Oh, here we go. Oh, there it is. Um. Mm. This oh. is. Mm. This is. Um, here, he's drinking it. Mm. The Valley's Coffee Stout from. Um, it's from Asheville, North Carolina. Oh. Um, it is really good. Pisgah Brewing Company, Black Mountain, North Carolina. So not. I've actually good. been to that brewery. Have you really? Yeah. It's really good. It's a. Whereas yours is, you went sort of with the. <laughs> The whimsical Irish um, dark beer day with the green. I'm going. This yeah. is dark as this is. You could this is like gasoline right here. It, it, when you go to the brewery, they're nice people, great times. It's a lot smaller than I thought it was going to be. The Pisca was awesome, so I do it when you're in Asheville. I, I'm hoping to go at some point next year. Very much. We maybe we can do a remote podcast. Uh, we did one that we did the Dewey. So, I guess on that note, we're all situated, all lubricated. Let's let's jump into it. Um, Washington, we, we they got they got their man. They got their quarterback. Um, uh, they, uh, we, they got their second quarterback. Their first quarterback they wanted was Stafford. But let's let's. Well, let they go. they ended up with a guy who <laughs> they know who will be under center, presumably week one of next season. We have I will t- pull back the curtain or, curtain here, listeners. Um, something we like to do. You and I have not discussed this no. about what our opinions are. So the reactions you're going to hear here are genuine. I want to hear first from you, Gumby, what your impression is of this Ryan Fitzpatrick signing. We're like now, I don't know, it happened after I went to bed yesterday, I want to say. Yeah. So I'm, it's still pretty fresh for us. What's your reaction right now? I'm happy that okay. we were able to get a veteran quarterback. Okay. I'm happy about that. We needed we needed an extra one. But currently right now, we have a log jam of quarterbacks in our system with Allen, Heineke, now Fitzmagic, and also uh, Montez. So, and everyone keeps talking about drafting another one. But my thoughts on Fitzpatrick is it's lukewarm. Okay. He is a fine quarterback. He's been to what I think it's nine, eight or nine teams he's been to. He's had reasonable success at some of them, but he's been either, you know, a QB one, but often a QB two. We have a bunch of QB twos. Uh, so lukewarm. I feel that it's good that we have him. I, I'm glad it's only for a year. I think it's a step for us to prepare for next year more than it is for this year. And I think it's a yay good for us we have a quarterback but there's nothing sexy about it you're not okay except for his beard and the man's got swagger let's be honest about that yeah we are uh, we are a extreme pro beard podcast um yours has grown in back quite nicely from when you shaved it off for charity some time ago um 
you're right. It's not sexy. Uh, I, I think a lot of initial reactions were, no, that was sort of like the first wave of reactions I saw. And I was just like, all right, well, if you're disappointed, what did you want to see happen? Like, what was the what was the scenario where you saw something better than this happening? Because first of all, let we'll, we'll we'll call it like we see it here for Washington to get a guy in free agency as opposing as opposed to having to give up draft capital is immense. Because it seems like the market, especially on quarterbacks, was you're going to have to give up a good amount even just to get a baseline level guy. You're going to have to house, you know, and then you have to pay them. Yeah, so you have to pay them and you lose the draft capital. So yeah. I I know you were very, say, anti-Cam, right? Yeah, absolutely. He would have been a free agent, and you know he ended up going back to New England. Do you feel better about Fitzpatrick than you do Cam? Yes. Okay, so that's an interesting baseline to start with. I just think. Um, well, let me, let me explain why. That, yeah, that's hit important. Me, hit me so, with so that. again, it's the the Fitzpatrick is not a great quarterback. He's a very serviceable quarterback. Sure, but his he's been consistent at what he's done and even shown some signs of life over the last two years. And last year, he had did not have a bad year. He did not have a bad year at all. So he showed signs of life. Cam's trajectory has been going down over the last few years. And last year was not a good year for him. So even the, the the New England Patriots, after they realized there was nobody else left they wanted, they're bringing Cam back cheap. So they're not paying him a lot. They're giving him a lot of weapons. But the trajectory on Cam's going down, why at least Fitzpatrick has been solid line. Yeah, and it's not even an A-verse-B. A I just asked it sort of to establish a baseline level of sort of where your head was at. Because... I don't see like they were not they were not gonna get Deshaun Watson like that was not gonna happen. They were not gonna get Russell Wilson. That was just not gonna happen. And then after that, what's the you know like the the drop off I think is fairly steep and gets it doesn't get that much less expensive, frankly. And the the thing that I was reading today, it was like an anonymous source. Um, some reporter asked about Darnold and they said people around the league think he sucks and that fans are way more bullish on Sam Darnold than people who know are and you know okay I just have to take that at face value like I like I can't be like well that's not right because I don't know like whatever could be right yeah I think that this is it's you're right it is not sexy but it is I think it is a bridge I think he's still at this point in his career can win football games. But the thing for me that I am, and I feel kind of silly saying this, but I, I believe it, he's really interesting and fun. And he's, yes. he'll be fun to watch as a player. He'll be fun to sort of get to know as a personality. Like, he is a character. And frankly, it's just been a while since Washington has had a guy that I'm like, oh, this guy rocks. Like, I haven't, and there are guys who, they're just kind of quiet. Like, I kind of like, I want, have you seen that the picture of him with like coming out in the, in the sunglasses oh. and the chains oh, God, yeah. and his shirt open? It's like, listen. The machismo just happening. We're not going to have a conversation right now about whether or not 
having Clinton Portis on the team was fun or interesting or good. <laughs> but we haven't had a guy who like is is interesting and fun off the field in a kind of a harmless way. Yeah. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, a lot of people have been comparing Ryan Fitzpatrick to Rex Grossman, where he's better, you know, better results. But Rex Grossman was, love him or hate him, very fun to watch. He would just like, he oh, was just yeah. a gunslinger. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is a gunslinger. It is his, his, and sometimes it's feast and sometimes it's famine. But it will be fun to watch. It will be worth our time to watch. And that makes me excited. That's, I can't argue that. Uh, and also having him and Heineke in the same QB room yes. is going to be fun. Um, now, but And to go with kind of what you said with, uh, let's look at Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. And people keep saying, why aren't we trying to get those guys? Let's start with they don't want to be here. Sure. sure. They have a li- yeah. list of teams that they say that they would go to. We're not on it. Let's just that, – that's the fact. Um, so And then we don't have the capital in no. draft picks – that the other teams are looking for. Uh, we have some players, but we'd have to give away a lot of really good players. I would not have. Guys. Like, it, it seemed like the baseline, every single conversation I saw or every single hypothetical I saw was like a bunch of picks and bunch of picks. Jonathan Allen, like as a baseline. Yeah. It's like, I don't think I'm okay with that. And, and that's just where we're starting. Once the negotiations start to happen, it's going to go up. Yeah. But then I'm going to re- reiterate, they don't want to be here. That's true. This is not the team that they want to come to, so that was that was never going to happen. the The best shot we had at a true real quarterback was Matt Stafford, and we could not compete. We with couldn't players. do it. No, there couldn't was no, it. there was no. We weren't going to give up. weren't able to give up. weren't going to give up. What it took to get him, just plain and simple. And I wouldn't want to give up all that. It was it was no. too much to give up for, for what we were getting. It was the house. And the problem is, is that once you give away the house, you still have to pay the quarterback. Yeah. So you get caught in this log jam, and that's kind of where the Cowboys are, but we'll get to that later. We'll but that's that. we we're we don't want to be in a log jam. We are in a, a, a rebuilding mode, meaning we want to become a perennial opportunity to become a Super Bowl team. The first step is not putting yourself all behind one player the whole time. It's about building the team around using rookie contracts and everything else. Yeah, and um, I, this to me is an acknowledgement that they're still like a little bit away. Yeah. And they, you know, there was a, a cost-benefit analysis on this. It, you know, do I feel similarly to like when they got Case Keenum? Kind of. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, though, is, I think he's still good enough. I don't think he's here to like waste away. I think he yeah. was the best shot they had, especially at what it cost to get him to allow them to build a roster around him. The cost benefit analysis is high. Do I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to win a Super Bowl? No. Probably not, but you know, every once in a while a guy like Nick Foles wins a Super Bowl. Trent Dilfer wins the Super Bowl. Sure. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think the Ryan Fitzpatrick experience, there's a reason he's kind of a meme around the league. And it's not just because he's he's an outsized guy. It's because like he's like he went to Harvard. <laughs> like he but he's stuck around. He's stuck around yeah. and he's made it. He's been successful. He's like the winningest quarterback 
on three AFC East teams over the course of the last 20 years. Like they have Ryan Fitzpatrick has the most wins for like the the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jets. It's like but yet, it's fun. Nobody nobody keeps them. It's the weirdest thing. And I think the reason it is is because they see potential in other people as having higher ceilings. Yeah. But the Fitzpatrick's floor is a lot higher than a lot of other people's floors. Yes. So you know what you're getting, and at the minimum, here's where you're at. Yeah. You're going to get a guy who's going to have a little more touchdowns than interceptions. You have a guy that's going to get you some decent yards, and you have a guy who's going to be able to have some fun in the in the, in the the game. Yeah. And that's what you get walking into this guy, but you see those these guys with potential, these guys with these massive rocket arms who can throw insane. You're like, that's the future, and I want to give this guy a shot. Fitzpatrick helps set him up. And then they get rid of him because, yeah. of course, his contracts are too high. So so him having here, again, lukewarm on excitement because it's not the sexy thing. But you, as you look at it, just like in lukewarm, is it you sit in it and you go, it's not that bad. Yeah, I agree. So that said, we're looking at, well, we're two days in. Washington has, in addition to Fitzpatrick, uh, Washington has made some other moves um the big one i think we do the the big splash that broke just shortly before we signed on here is they got themselves another wide receiver they signed former uh panthers wide receiver curtis samuel yep three year 34 and a half million dollar deal that was I don't know big, how much that is guaranteed. I don't know how much is guaranteed yet. I, I don't either, but yeah. it's sort of like you you say the number and then people who want to know go look. But yeah. It's uh a position they were it was a position of need for sure. And uh, I think they make themselves they still have holes, but yeah. I think that they immediately upgrade with Curtis Samuel. I'm curious what are your thoughts on on the Samuel situation? I I love it. Uh, we okay. needed another receiver. We needed another receiver with McLaurin. We already we've got Sims back uh, yesterday, but I'm going to read what McLaurin just came out with. Yeah. Uh, Washington Star wide receiver said he and OSU teammate used to talk about playing together in the NFL someday. Curtis now Samuel went to OSU. Will. Yeah. Ooh, cool. And so what they're talking about now? Not only is McLaurin, you know, McLaurin was a little injured at the end of last year. He was. That's part of the reason he his numbers diminished a little bit. But here's your star wide receiver. A lot of times you bring in a one or another wide receiver, and the star wide receiver feels a little cheap. yeah. Wide receivers, I feel like, have a lot of ego. That's oh, sort of the yeah. perception. It's like, why don't I have the ball? Like, <laughs> I you know, you want, I want give me the ball. Yeah. Was it was it uh, Keyshawn Johnson? Give me the ball. Um, but the reality is, is that you have your star wide receiver excited yeah. to now play with the other wide receiver. So you have. These two great wide receivers, you have a one and a two. You have Sims, uh, who will probably be a good three. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Thomas, as, as a tight end, you have four capable receivers right now. Mm-hmm. And that's all we needed was an, just one more good wide receiver. And now we have it for three years. Yeah, it's great. Washington, I will say, has with very few exceptions, few notable exceptions, not done, a, in my perception, not done a great job with free agent wide receivers. Or they, drafting them either. Or drafting them. <laughs> um, they uh, There are some very notable occasional 
times where they hit. I mean, when you think about a Pierre Garçon, that was a fantastic move. Getting Great. Deshaun Jackson at the time, that was yep. a fantastic move. But when I think back on Washington's history, we're going to do a, a little guy remembering here. Um, I'm going to say, I'm gonna, let's, let's do like a little rapid fire, okay? So I'm put you on the spot. Uh, I, I'm taking I'm the gonna, easy uh, one. Brandon Lloyd. Oh, God, that was horrible. Um, Paul Richardson. Yeah, exactly. I'm just sitting here drawing a blank because they were just all so bad. Like, it was yeah. just bad to it's, watch what was happening. It's so not, I'm drawing blanks, but you know, Brendan Lloyd, Richardson. Um, God, we dra- I'm just talking about the people we drafted that were horrible, that just Sean, fell apart. Josh Doxson. Oh, God. He fell, how quickly he fell apart. Uh, yeah. who's, you know, he spent the last year, he he didn't play football last year. He, like, went to the in the Peace Corps to, like, yeah. Kenya? I, I read some yeah, article he, about it. I was like, What? He rolled out. He was like, I yeah, he mentally like, couldn't do it. He went to go volunteer in, in like Africa. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, we we've just been bad, so bad at wide receiver for so long. But you know, we had Santana Moss. Yeah, Santana so Moss. Good. They that was a great trade. The the Moss for Coles trade is maybe the best trade Washington has. Oh has, God, yeah, has ever done. Well, yeah, and, and I it's mean, one of the ones where everyone was shocked edition. by. It. Yeah. Yeah, everyone was shocked because how could you do that? Lavernius Coles, and then you never heard about Lavernius Coles again. Yeah, didn't quite. A little number eighty nine ran all over the place. Didn't quite. But pan so, out. so now we have a, 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 an actual receiving core. When was the last time we had numerous wide receivers that you could throw a ball to and feel comfortable about? It's been a while. Yeah, it was that. Um, do, it was that Garcon, Jackson, Crowder year where they all three, yeah. all, two of the three of them had a thousand yards. The other one had like nine hundred eighty eight yards. They that was and, an incredible year, and so to have weapons. If I'm Terry McLaurin, I'm not just stoked because I get to play with a guy that I'm buddies with. I'm stoked because he was he got beat to hell last year. Ugh. They were so physical with him because they would put they either line him up on a linebacker on the inside and a corner on the outside, and they're both the linebackers rubbing him and the cornerback staying with him and giving body blows, and then they have safety help over the top. So if he gets yep. a ball in front of him, he's he always has this almost always had the safety on his side. And so they were just blowing him up. He was he took a ton of hits last year because they could positionally, teams could positionally throw him a little bit of extra attention. Yep. And so he just got run through. And so now to have a guy who's capable that teams are gonna kinda have to double, you know, think twice about doing that, I am stoked if I am him. If Logan Thomas didn't have the year he did last year, yeah. it would have been worse for McLaurin. So you think about the the ability. If if Logan Thomas just does ninety percent what he did last year, just just shows up and does a good job, that's a good that's a good tight end. Mm-hmm. Then you have Sims who had a little bit of the yips on catching the ball. He did, but, but sometimes he was, he was awesome, and sometimes yeah. it was it was like I remember there was one time it's like Stephen Sims can take the can take a cab home, like cut cut his ass. <laughs> but you're right; he he got better. He over the course of the year, he got better. I'll give him that. In that. So you have Sims sitting there, who if he can catch the ball more consistently, he's a threat. Now, is he like wide receiver one threat? No, but he's a he's a threat. Then you have Samuel, and you have McLaurin, and now we have four capable, and we've already proven that. The, the running back situation we have, yeah. they, can, they can come out of the backfield and catch a little bit better. Yeah. And what Washington yeah, they, may and probably will s- still target someone 
in the draft as far as I I mean I I think that they could feasibly use an early to middle round draft pick on a wide receiver and I thought you meant running back yeah no wide receiver, wide receiver. yeah I absolutely. think at running back yeah. they're fairly set um they did just resign resign was he on the team before Lamar Miller I, I, they keep saying resign, and some say regular. I don't know if he was on the team prior. Wasn't he? Wasn't, he wasn't last, last year. year? No. Yeah. It was, it was they um, running back. I don't. I I don't feel comfortable going into next season with the same core group of running backs that we had last year. And people have known Hutchie Sosa. I know you know. I am a little bit hard on um, on our our young tailbacks. Um. I don't think it, I was sort of not so high on Antonio Gibson when the season started. He grew on me, uh, but took that injury last year, and they needed another guy who was not J.D. McKissick or Peyton Barber. Like, that wasn't a satisfactory yeah. second option. And frankly, Adrian Peterson could have been a satisfactory. Like, maybe I'm just, you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. But they needed, they needed another guy, I think. Um, so I don't know if Lamar Miller, Lamar Miller, I think for a period of time was like, at least in terms of like fantasy football, he was one of the top running backs in like 2012. So it's like, does he still have enough in the tank to be a guy who they can put in the mix? You think right now with the running backs that we, we, we kind of stockpiled, they we've drafted them. We're, we're ready for them. Bryce love is they, still with the team. Bryce love is still with the team. We've heard all these for years. We've heard about how well of a draft draft capital we put together in these running backs just we haven't got a lot out of it yeah um will this be the year god i hope so i hope this is the year it kind of comes all together mckissick had some great fun to watch games last year and then there was games when just none of the running backs showed up so there was no consistency at all in that in that core so you can be mad at us saying that but but Hutchie, you, you know we're right. There was moments where they just didn't show up. That what we had one game where it was fifty yards total rushing. Yeah, it's not total. Good. That's they, all they, of the running backs. They they're not going to be done there. I don't. They're know. not going to be done. And and we've heard for years about how how much talent's in there. Well, it's time for the talent to show up. And if Miller shows up from his 2012 year of the best, one of the best running backs in the league, and can teach, and can show, and can play. Let's have it. Let's have at it. Miller, good job. So what that does is that puts us, with all these signings so far, we're sitting, I think, at right between 18 and $20 million left uh, under the cap. Sure. So we we can still do – I'm hoping we pull out a linebacker. Yeah, I think at that this point. there will certainly be an upgrade at that position group through the draft or via free agency. Two other notable signings or one other notable free agent signing and a re-signing – uh, this William Jackson deal, he got a three-year, forty-two million dollar deal. It is he was he is good. People yeah. people sleep on him. He is good. We saw him in the the Bengal game, yep. and he was flying all over the field. He people were very high on him, especially because they let Ronald Darby go, and he got three years for thirty million. And he's a massive upgrade at not that much more. I'm pretty stoked about this, and this the it, the defense the defense and the defensive secondary. You're, I think they're like a linebacker or two away from being an elite defense if they're all healthy. With Williams, so I love that signing to start. 
because Del Rio and uh, Riverboat Ron's defenses have always been really good at getting the most out of cornerbacks. Just, they've been phenomenal. If yeah. you look at the, He's got Fuller over, on the over, other over side now, right? Yeah. So that's a pretty good tandem. So you're going to sit there, and, and I think defensive-wise, secondary, we should be good. I mean, got, again, I really wish we hadn't gotten rid of Darby. I don't know what we asked for. I don't know what the agreement was. But you have two coaches who know how to get corner the most out of cornerbacks. Yeah. And you turn around, and you get the best possible one out there. So we win in the secondary right now. Yeah. Our massive hole is linebacker. Yep. So I think that's a position that they'll they'll look to to move on. Um, but but there's not a lot of good linebackers in free agency this year. It's that's one of true. The, it's one of those very anemic areas that a lot of people are talking about. Like there's just not a lot out there. So look for us to draft linebacker hard come April. Sure. And then the one other notable move uh, resigning Washington, bringing back Dustin Hopkins to kick. Um, for another year. Um, he has been. He's been around for longer than I think any Washington <laughs> football team kicker has been around for years. I mean, years. I I'm still a Dustin Hopkins guy. I've written some of my best work about Dustin Hopkins. I just love writing about the kickers. Um, I you know I think they're just gonna do what they did in years past they're going to bring a guy into camp you know i can't imagine you have a ton of guaranteed money on your kicker but you know they basically bringing him back is an indication to him that like they think he's still got it uh people yeah. are lukewarm on it i'm pro are you pro con you didn't like him so much i, I it's a kicker i'm gonna re- re- reiterate what i just said it's a kicker, it's a kicker. he kicks a ball um, and he does a decent job of it. Fine. Is he like the best kicker in the world? No. Have we had some issues with him? Yeah. Is he is he fine? Yeah. I'm not gonna sit here and, and beat up a kicker. He does his job. I'm happy. You know, it, it, we're not we're not at least we're not to the point where he's been so bad. We're mad at him. Yeah. Then that'd be a, a problem. But he's been fine. He's been a fine kicker. But like, kickers are kickers. Kickers are kickers. Kickers are kickers. Now, now, with that being said, this does not apply to Tressway. No, Tressway is the goat. Tressway, exactly. They, they better. I mean, they put the franchise tag on Brandon Sheriff, but man, you got to keep Tressway should retire a lot in in the Burgundy and Gold. He he's going in the Ring of Honor IMO. They they should name the field after him. They Whatever should. the next stadium is is built, yeah. it should become the Tressway. Way or they, ooh, I like that. Yeah, they should just they could. I would say they could like put his picture on all the pylons because he just puts those coffin corners right. He's <laughs> he's so good. He's so but good. Again, Hopkins. You, three years from now, if he's not our kicker, we're not going to talk about him ever again. As good as as long as he's been with the team, three years from now, no one's gonna be like, oh, remember uh, that guy? Like, no, no, I don't. I don't remember that guy because he was a kicker. I'll remember Tressway forever. So, yes, yes. So, so we look, we look, we talk about Washington and what they've done thus far. Uh, let's look around the league a little bit. Some some fairly notable storylines from early on in free agency. 
the the team that came out just chomping at the bit, New England Patriots. I mean, they they just keep signing guys and signing them and signing them and signing them. And you know, the the big one for me is they they dra- they signed two tight ends. Washington yeah. looking to clearly get another tight end. It's like, oh well, maybe I'll get Hunter Henry. There's a lot of Hunter Henry talk the last couple of weeks, and just immediately they drafted the the Patriots over the last two years have drafted two tight ends in their top, I think in their second with their second round pick, and they bring in two more tight ends. It's like how many tight ends does this team need that we can't even get a guy who didn't play quarterback in college? I mean, bless up Logan Thomas, we love you, but we need another tight end. Jeremy Sprinkle, yeah, no mo. I'm tired. Nobody I'm, wants. I'm done with Jeremy Sprinkle. No, no, I don't want. I don't want him to sprinkle anything on me. No. Um, so, I, I don't know where the hell the Patriots came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever happened to Bill Belichick last last year was just like, oh my god. Yeah, he does He's not like, like losing. He hates losing, and they spent more money on this offseason than I think they've spent in like five off seasons combined. Yeah. They just went and got everybody. And even funny was like the, like the Henry thing. They get Henry, and they get another tight end. And everyone's like, "What the? the you just you just got one. You got the, one of the best tight ends. Then you got the second best tight end. So they're just throwing money at people because they they had the space. And they got Cam. They got a wide receiver, and they're picking up uh, offensive, defensive. Like they're redoing their whole team all in one fell swoop. Yep. And he doesn't care about two years from now. Just like There's on no, the fly, trying to. Put themselves back in the conversation on the fly. Basically, they did yeah, but, it in two days. And and there's looking at Tom Brady going, "Yeah, we see you. We see what you did, yeah. and we can show that we're going to succeed without you." Yeah, and you know they resigned Cam, and we are not about to relitigate Cam again. We know we're not, but people, I think there's been a lot of like Cam. You could call them apologists. You could call them like hopefuls just be like oh well he had COVID last year and maybe this year a lot better players around him and so like so a lot of this still rests on cam so we're gonna learn whether I mean they they put a team around him so they they just come out guns a blazing immediately I think put themselves back in the in the top two teams in their division which I'm sure just like the other teams in the division are just like oh my god like the bills just being like we got to compete with them again it's, like we we didn't think this was going to happen. No, they thought they had some time. We, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, everything the the tampering began Monday and by Tuesday the Patriots had a brand new team. Yeah. They did. It was insane. But you know who they didn't get? Who they didn't get? They let they let him just just fall between the cracks. Andy Dalton. Oh my god. Well, <laughs> so the Cowboys Get they lock up Dak, so they re-sign Dak. We'll talk. We could talk for, about for that. a mere just for a mere seventy-five million dollars guaranteed this year. It, it's a change. lot. It's a it's a lot. And there was some big after they signed Dak to that deal. There was still yeah. some rumblings, you know, that the Cowboys were still interested in bringing back Andy Dalton. To back up, but Dak. they were going to make Andy Dalton pay them to play. That was the problem because they didn't have more money. M- meanwhile, in Chicago, people have started to work themselves up into a tizzy over the idea that they are going to get Russell Wilson. Yes, and 
they are like people are are so fired up that they're gonna. That's a franchise that has not had good quarterbacks. Like they had like Sid Luckman, Rex Grossman. Like oh. they they've had. I mean, Jay Cutler is probably one of the five best quarterbacks to have ever played there. And he still was. And he wasn't good. He was fine. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. And, and big, big games, he fell apart. So they are so excited to finally have a quarterback, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Schefter or whoever you know is tweeting like, "the The Bears get their man. <laughs> the Andy Dalton is coming to Dallas, and just like the collective." <gasps> So incredible. And just watching these Bears fans just completely melt down. Completely melt down. Like, okay, well, maybe they're just getting Andy Dalton so that they can trade Dalton to Seattle to get Russell Wilson. Because that's what Seattle wants. They want some Andy Dalton in their life. And then, meanwhile, it's like when just, like, totally had the rug pulled out from under him to, like, think that they're going to get Russell Wilson and then end up with Andy Dalton. Russell Andy Dalton is like the opposite guy of Russell Wilson. I can't imagine how it would feel to be. And we've seen them do this before when they drafted Trubisky second overall. There's that very famous yeah, shot second overall of them of all these people sitting in like a conference room like at a draft party. It's like the Bears select Mitchell Trubisky from UNC, and they're all going, they go, "What?" Like just in these <laughs> these thick Chicago accent. Like I can't believe they did that. Like the Bears, uh, here they are at it again. What are they doing? And then like, and and then meanwhile, like the guy they didn't draft in Patrick Mahomes is like the future of the NFL. And can you just imagine being in that position? Again, thinking that you're going to get one of the best guys in the league again, and you end again. up with Andy Dalton. No, and, and the fact that they're talking about like, we'll we'll trade Dalton. Well, how about you, you, we trade Dalton, Trubisky, my car, um, some hot dogs for Russell Wilson? The answer is no one wants your trash. Nobody wants the trash that you have. It's not it's not capital. What they want is they want Khalil Mack. They want some running backs. They'd want like, and then give me all your draft picks. If you want Russell Wilson, you're going to change my franchise for the next ten years. You, you know, apparently, Washington, or Washington, Chicago did say the rumor was they offered two starters. It wasn't said who, what, who those people were. Mack, I think, was in there. Plus, honestly, three firsts and a third. And the the Seahawks said no. And I will give the Bears front office a little bit of credit because that's like you're really putting your chips. You're pretty put, good haul. You're putting your chips on the table. You're saying like I'm gonna give. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make it hurt how how bad. Yeah, I'm I taking want. it right in the right in the right in the back end. But here you go. They're like, and they said no. And they said no. They said no. Wow. So that to me says there's basically no circumstance under which Russell Wilson leaves Seattle. They, they, yeah, that like the Russell Wilson's going to have to be like you know three or four ones, a couple of twos, and a player. There's just like no, there's no way that no, no, no. one is, no one's going to give up more than that, and no one no, it, needs a quarterback at this point more enough to give it up. The only way I could see, and this is like fanciful, this is like some Madden shit. The only way I could see Russell Wilson leaving Seattle is if he gets straight traded somehow basically straight up for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, there's just like no he's just going to Deshaun Watson's going to sit the year out, I think. It, yeah, he's going to sit the year out, but just Which is a real shame that that has to happen. It was a shame when Le'Veon Bell had to do it. It's just like I am I'm pro labor. Even if these are professional football players and they're making millions of dollars, I'm pro labor. I don't think that the owners like I think that there's a lot that's kind of screwed up in the system and I it just sucks that these guys have to like take a, a one year out of like a, what could be a very short year off and just they can't be treated appropriately. Um, I don't know. It just it kind of sucks. I mean, you got to go out there. You got to try to make that money. Get that bag. You know who got that bag though? Who's that? Oh, Trent, oh, do I ever? Trent Williams got that bag. Oh God, he's thirty three years old. And signs a six-year mm-hmm. contract with San Francisco. How much was how much total was that? Six years for a thirty-three-year-old man. So this contract goes through. Now I think I think like uh, five and six can be voided. However, six years, making him thirty-nine as a tackle when it this contract's over. How much? It's a, that contract is one hundred thirty-eight million dollars with fifty-five point one guaranteed. He he just signed the biggest deal any player has ever signed at his position, and you know what? Good for him. Good for him. I know Absolutely. he left town here, and the team. This is an entire topic for another week. We have to a week when there's nothing. There's nothing going on. I want to have this conversation about guys who leave, how guys leave, and how they're perceived. Trent got dragged on his way out of town, and there was a lot of like. We don't need to relitigate again Trent Williams, but like he felt like his health wasn't handled appropriately. The team leaked a bunch of stuff saying that like actually he's the bad guy. So, you know, there's no right or wrong there, but at the same time, like he wanted to get paid. He didn't he wasn't gonna stay here after the way that the relationship soured. And I mean, he's he's good enough. He's the best. I think he's the best player of this team that Washington has had. And he's been now gone for a year. I think he's the best player Washington's had since 2000 in the last 20 years. I think he's the best player. Shanahan couldn't pick him up fast. Except for Sean Taylor, of course, but Sean Taylor here. RIP. But the, uh, but Shanahan in San Francisco couldn't pick up Trent Williams fast enough. No, there's a huge, like maybe he was worth something because Shanahan's like, Oh, you're leaving. I will literally do everything you need to make this happen. Yeah. Ended up signing that the, the, the one year deal, and he beasted out for San Francisco. And they're like, "Here you go. The whole point, the whole idea was to pay you, and here's your money. He, your health is fine. He earned it. He is. Oh, he God, is. Yeah. He's one of the best players at that position I have ever seen. You know, for a tackle, when he gets outside of the box, yep, it he is. He is a freight train. Over. He is a absolute dump truck. Oh. He is a snowplow. When he when he pulls and he gets out to the flat and he's like blocking for a receiver out in the flat or like a running back on an, on a trap, and he gets to the second level and if the first guy he hits he comes into is a cornerback he will he blows up cornerbacks and it is that was so fun to watch when he would get at, he got a full head of steam uh, like a full head of steam and he's running outside the tackles like he's he's lead blocking on a yep. on a pass play or a screen play. It was it was like what it was like oh it's like when you're watching like a ho- like a hockey goal you know is about to come like you you start yeah. getting out of your seat in anticipation he, the way he 
He does every. He's massive. He uses his size and his strength to his advantage. He is incredible at his at his job, and he is now being compensated adequate pursuant to his his talent and his abilities. I believe. I, I was I was watching some film on him uh, earlier today, just just because it was fun. Um, but there was these cornerbacks yes. where they're coming out of the secondary and they see Trent Williams turn the corner. Here's a 300 something pound, six foot tall, something pound man in a full sprint. And he's fast and he's quick. And they just looked at him and they, all they could do was lay on the ground. I, I saw three or four people where they just literally lay on the ground and just try to let him fall on top of it. They were just like, we're done. There's nothing more. I'm just my job is to make sure you can't do any more, but I don't want you to murder me in this in this open field. So having someone that big, that quick scare a cornerback is amazing. So do I miss Trent? Absolutely. Did what happened over here not turn out great? Absolutely. Yep. Do I wish him the best of luck and he earned every dollar? Absolutely. Yep. What a good guy. Totally. Incredible. So. Yeah, good for him. Make that money. Make that money. Uh, I'm trying to think other things that are going on. I'm kind of scrolling here. Mitch Trubisky is assessing his options, looking for the right fit and scheme that would suit his skill set. He's not sure if he's going to go to Dairy Queen yeah. <laughs> or Brewster's to work for now on his, because he's horrible. His skill set. Um, yeah, whether he wants to use the machine to get the uh, the ice cream or the scooper. Bills have signed Emmanuel Sanders. Nice, okay, nice, nice. Uh, sort of reclamation project going opposite uh, Diggs. That's that's a nice little. Move. Diggs needed a, a, another side piece, so that's good. That, that'll keep them a little bit closer to the Patriots. Samaj P. Ryan is re-signing in Cincinnati on a two-year deal. Talk about didn't work out here. Oh. No, no, man. But Cincinnati—that's a powerhouse for you. Oh no, no way. No, they they're barely a college team. Okay, never mind. Yeah, without Joe, without <laughs> Joe Burrow, no way. Uh, yeah, we saw what happened. We took out Burrow, and also that team just fell apart. Yeah, I, I mean those are kind of the big ones that are that are going on. So my thought, and I'm just I've been reading a lot uh, over the last couple of days, and a lot of people are losing their mind over the what Washington football team is doing. Uh, and I think, and I, I just kind of want to get this out. I'm going to say my piece, and then you can laugh at me if you want to. For this year coming up, 2021, yes, uh, we're going to be under 500. 17 games, you can't be at 500 anymore. We're going to probably be 8 and 9. The reason is we have one of the hardest schedules in the NFL because we won the NFC East. If you look at who we're playing, we're going to go against some real hard people. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to hold our own. We're going to do okay. I think we'll be better, and I've said this previously, not this year, but in 2022. And I, th- I have a sneaky suspicion that's where this team is going. That's what, the, of course, you know, uh, Riverboat Ron's going to try to win, but I think he's also preparing for the next 22, 23, and 24 teams. And he's not willing to give away the house for this year. Mm-hmm. He hasn't quite built the team where he wants to be, the defense has two more years to them before it kind of has to start to fall apart. Our offensive line did better than they were supposed to. How are they going to? So overall, I think we're going to go okay this year, and I think next year, 2022 or 2023, is going to be when we get really. really so good. tune in, tune in next year when 
<laughs> thanks, thanks for listening. No, I'm just talking about the plan. I, the plan that's there. Listen, yeah. we're still on day two of free agency. The plan is still coming into picture. I, I think we would be remiss though if we didn't bring up one last Washington Football Team related topic. I think we've talked about the big news. You know, the Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, the second big news with Curtis Samuel, Washington making a tough decision today and they are parting ways. They've decided to go in a different direction with teams. I don't know about you. I think fan bases have a real soft spot for long snappers. Agree that it is. It's just like such a peculiar set of skills that basically doesn't align, I mean, in some ways aligns with the other skills required to be a football player, but like, they're Ryan, or excuse me, Nick Sunberg, Sunberg. Nick Sunberg was exceptionally good at his job. Ten years. Ten years. A in decade. Washington. And if you're sitting here thinking, I don't remember Nick that well, that's the best thing you can say about a long snapper. Yep. If you, over 10 years, never had to think about a bad snap or a blocked punt or kick, or, uh, the, that's the best thing you can say about a long snapper. And he was magnificent at it. For 10 years, never a problem. And you, you don't know what you have until it's gone. And I think it's a contract thing where after 10 years, he was looking for a little more cash. And you, you, wanna, you don't want to spend a lot of money on a long snapper. So... I don't know what's going to happen this year, but man, that was a quality guy. He was. He was. In, he was involved in the community. He was a part of this community. He was great to the fans, great to teammates, one of the leaders on the team, quiet leaders, and a guy that will sorely be missed by the Washington football team. So for us uh, here at the Call to Colt, we'd love to have Nick on anytime. Yes. But also, man, thank you for your for your time here. You were awesome. He was so awesome. He he came in, he replaced a legend in and of himself, Ethan Albright. The Ethan Albright mm-hmm. letter to Madden, not actually written by Ethan, Ethan Albright, but unquestionably one of the funniest things that's ever been written on the internet. So he replaces Ethan Albright, a, a pro bowler, signs with the team, had to earn the job in camp. In the 2012 season, I don't know if you remember this, he, his arm was broken in the middle of the game. He finished the game and then was placed on IR and then earned the job back. Like, they could have just cut him, but yeah. they kept him. He earned the job back. They re-sign him. They sign him on a four-year extension, an extra extension in 2017. So they, he's he's been around. He has been, you're right, absolutely uh, just a rock at a position that if you screw it up and people know your name, that's it for you. And Done. he just had a particular set of skills and just like totally honed in on him. And you know, I was prepared to talk about Ethan or uh, to well, obviously I'll always talk about Ethan Albright, but to talk about Nick Sunberg so, yeah. and say that um, you know, he could be our guy of the week. But frankly, he's not even a guy. He's like kind of a dude. Oh, completely a dude. I I am gonna go ahead and pre. This is I think a little bit potentially preemptive and presumptive. But I'm gonna put him in the same category as a Lorenzo Alexander. 
You, you know what? Quietly, very quietly, Lorenzo Alexander was more flashy. He had he was more Just, of a he was a special team. Ryan Fitzpatrick of of special teams. He was he was known. Wow. Yeah, his face is out there. It, love him absolutely. Love, love us, but Lorenzo Alexander. Oh yeah, when he went to Arizona, I was very sad that day. But look at it, Sutterberg. You go. Here's a guy who absolutely you're correct. He is a dude. He is the the Lorenzo Alexander of long snappers. He 10 years killed it. Did his best. Just rocked it. You, and you're talking about, you know, he was snapping for Tressway for Dustin Hopkins, who of course both of them are signed. Tressway, love you. Um but man, just a good guy. Yeah. And and 10 years in the NFL. How many people spend 10 years in the NFL anyway, let alone a long snapper who every year they're trying to find a way to get rid of you? Spend less money on a long snapper. Save an extra you know, $500,000. But to him, good credit, and, uh, and he's going to be missed. And I, whatever he goes next, I wish him luck in the snapping world. Two-time nominee for the Washington football team's Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Uh, didn't win the award, but was their nominee. He was their guy. He was active in the community, um, very philanthropic. We 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 will miss him. He will sorely be missed. Thank you, Nick Sumberg, for your time in Washington. You always have a place here. If you want to be our third guest host, we'll we'll have you on. We'll we'll chat. We'll WFT with you. So on that note, Gumby, any any final thoughts as we get ready for? I mean, through one sort of notable Washington football team week. It's been the first time in a while since we've had one. Any any sort of final thoughts as we wrap up this week one? Remember, we always win the off season. Mm. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, I, my honestly, where I'm looking at the the team they're building, I'm excited. Um again, am I absolutely over the top excited? No, but but we're building a team. And what we had before wasn't working over the last lots of years. So in Ron Rivera, I trust. And Jack Daria, I trust. Jason Wright, I trust. So let's see what they have to put together. I don't want to be too over-the-top negative. I also don't want to be too over-the-top positive. But I want to see what they put together. Stay medium. And I'm excited. Yeah, I want to. I just want to see. The words let's, of, uh, let's see what the next step is and be happy as a fan. The immortal Jim Zorn. You got to stay medium. <laughs> We'll always stay medium here on the Cult of Cult. This is a podcast produced and edited by me, Brian Stabby, my co-host and director of social media, is Gumby. And you can follow the Cult of Cult on Twitter at the Cult of Cult. That's all one word. You are also available on Untapped. If you want to see the beers we had tonight, that green beer Gumby had, you can follow us on Untapped at B Stabby and at D Cumberland Jr. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify by searching Hogshaven a Washington football team podcast. And we ask that if you like what you've heard, that you do three simple things, that you subscribe, that you rate us five stars, and you encourage one friend to check us out. It makes a huge impact on our ability to reach new listeners. We know that your listening time is valuable, and we appreciate you taking your time to spend it with us. Gumby, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. And you, the listeners, have been listening to... The Cult of Cults.